EVs crash and burn, forcing Biden to put Agenda 2030 on hold. The abomination of desolation stood in the holy place in New York City this week. And what was Cardinal Dolan's takeaway? I think our cathedral acted extraordinarily well. Meanwhile, as violence tears Chicago down, Cardinal Supich took to Twitter to warn the world that the Latin Mass impoverishes the church and that what we need is more this. So what do we do? Pray and obey, of course. It's what Jesus did, right? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Michael Mann. This is the Remnant Underground coming to you exclusively now from remnant-tv.com. Before we get started tonight, friends, our sponsor is the Remnant's League of the Sacred Heart. Now, I'm going to be leading a group. I'm very excited about this. I'm going to be leading a group after the Sharp Pilgrimage this coming May back into the Vendée in Western France uh, this coming May where our chaplains are going to be renewing America's consecration to the Sacred Heart of Jesus from the Vendée. Of course, this is the great request of our Lord to St. Margaret Mary Ella Koch. And it's the reason that I wear this lapel pin every single show and for many, many years. Uh, also in solidarity with the Vandeans and with the Cristeros and all of the other Catholic counter-revolutionary movements that lived through times similar to our own and who fought the very same forces of the Enlightenment that we fight today. Always under the standard of the Sacred Heart, the Sacred Hearts on our flag, the Sacred Heart of Jesus Christ the King. Really easy to join this international League of the Sacred Heart. You can read all about it right down here. You can also order one of these flags. We're selling these flags as well. I think there might be some Vendée patches. The best thing to do is just go to remnantnewspaper.com, click on shop, and look at all of the different items that we have uh, that would include the, the lapel pin that will enable you to become a part of the Remnant's International League of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Good news to kick off tonight's show, friends. Agenda 2030 has taken yet another glorious hit. The Biden administration is backing away from one of the big tenets now of Agenda 2030. Joe Biden's administration is set to loosen rules around America's transition to electric vehicles. So this would allow car manufacturers to produce a smaller number of EVs by 2030. It's because this is an election year. And people, quite frankly, have had enough of the fake and gay. Absolutely. Uh, you know, in EVs that I've driven, I've seen anywhere from a 10% to a 30% drop, you know, depending on how cold it is. And the colder it gets, the worse that that drop is. Patrick Olson tests EVs and other cars as the editor-in-chief at Carfax.com. Even when I test them, you know, week in and week out, I have to think ahead about how far am I going to go um, and how much do I want to risk it. Making matters worse, EVs take longer to charge the colder it is outside. You have to come up here, wait two hours to get on the charger. They tell you the chargers are fast. It takes two hours to charge your car. So here in this Evergreen Park parking lot with temperatures in the single digits, there are dozens of EVs sitting in the cold waiting for a chance to be charged. Now that's working out pretty good, isn't it, for everybody? And what that is, of course, is wokeism in the state where globalist ideologues intend to murder babies, halt food production, lock us down in stupid cars. Got the tow truck to bring me here this morning. It's exactly the same thing that's happening in the church, in the Catholic Church, where woke ideologues are in charge. And so, as Pope Francis pointed out, 
in Laudato Si so beautifully this great creation which God has given to us as a gift, balanced in so many miraculous and wonderful ways, has now been thrown out of balance by human exploitation. And they're going to cut people off from spiritual food in the name of this stupid ideology. It's very much the same ideology, the same globalist ideology. And let's be clear about something. It's not just the Latin mass. We talk a lot about the, the liturgy question uh, in this show because it just seems so fantastic to, to everyone that in the middle of all that's going wrong in the world right now, this Pope of ours is just fixated on shutting down little Latin mass community. But it's not just the Latin liturgy. Do you remember when Pope Francis came out? One of the first things he said was what? Some think, excuse me if I use the word, that in order to be good Catholics, we have to be like rabbits. But no, he said, adding the church promoted responsible parenthood. Remember that? Setting the theme, in other words, for this project. And this, all of these things, all of these pro-life, pro-family, pro-homeschooling uh, initiatives that traditional Catholics tend to undertake, all of that pits us against this precious new order in the world. And so as, as, as lay people, we've got to what? We've got to fight back against this. And I want, to, I want to talk about that. My family's news week. You hear a lot of people saying, like, just, just pray and obey, right? Just pray and obey. That's all you got to do is stay out of this. That oftentimes, friends, is used an, as an excuse. And I'm sorry to say, but lots of times you'll see priests doing this. They themselves, they personally are not in a position where they can stand against the bishop or stand against the pope. And somehow they feel it emasculates them. Not, and this is not at all the majority, just a few. They feel that sort of emasculating. And so they, they thunder, you know, fire and brimstone. Don't you stand up and say anything. You just pray and obey. See, they're using the call to holiness. They're using the call to pray as an excuse to do nothing. And this is wrong. This is dead wrong, not according to me, but according to the church's social doctrine on Catholic action, which we're going to talk about tonight. So people say, you know, pray and obey. That's what Jesus would do. Is it? Because it seems to me when you look at what's happening to the church, the holy places right now, this is what Jesus did. He overturned the tables of the money changers and scattered their coins. In the Remnant, in fact, we're really excited to announce that we will be publishing in this newspaper every week catechetical instruction as laid out in Bishop Schneider's new, new catechism for this very purpose. Educate yourself and then pray and then get out and fight, you know? Because here, here is what, let's get, take an example of what the evil looks like that we face, what it actually looks like standing now in the holy place. Chanting the name of their dear friend Cecilia Gentili, loved ones packed St. Pat's Cathedral dressed to the nines to say goodbye to the fierce advocate of the trans community. I met Cecilia the first day I walked into a clinic to start my transition. Actor, singer, and fashion icon Billy Porter performed a tribute as a procession carried Gentili's casket into the church. And, and this, by the way, I'm sure some of you saw that report. That was the earliest report that came out. It came out the very next day. <laughs> as the week moved along, the people began demanding answers and speaking out, not only here in the States, but all over the world. What the heck was that? 
right? Well, did you notice what happened? The story changed. Finally, even the rector of St. Patrick's Cathedral himself came out claiming, that, well, he'd been deceived. Well, maybe, but maybe not. She was really an angel. All of these people here are here to show it and say it. In Midtown, Natalie Dudridge, CBS 2 News. For Catholics, this is a catastrophe. And how this happened at St. Patrick's Cathedral, but we know. Joseph Swilling, the spokesman for the Archdiocese of the New York Times, says he was told Wednesday, the night before this, that this was a trans activist and who might be coming. That's a violation of church teaching and what the church holds dear. Now, I don't have any doubt that things got out of control, but how did it happen in the first place? How did they get into our building in the first place? You know how they got in? They were let in once again. And in this case, you know, the, the live stream of the funeral shows the actual celebrant, a Father Edward Doherty, fully vested, standing in the sanctuary, and joking with the transgender activists who had packed out his cathedral that day. Well, welcome to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Except on Easter Sunday, we don't really have a crowd that this that is this well turned out, you know? <laughs> now, does, he, does he look particularly deceived to you, referring to this creature as her and she throughout his little eulogy? Said that, he, that she went to heaven, she went to heaven? Into your hands, Father of mercies, we commend our sister Cecilia in the sure and certain hope that together with all who have died in Christ, she will rise with him on the last day. <laughs> this is a priest on staff at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. That is the premier cathedral, Catholic cathedral in the United States of America. Oh, how did this happen? Well, they just didn't realize? But one got over the wall, sorry, gee, we feel real bad about that. And this celebrant is the former superior general of the Marian Old Fathers. He's not just some rookie priest, fresh out of seminary. He's the Marian Old Fathers Order's procurator general to the Vatican. Pretty important guy. You think he would know what's going on. But once he figured it out, well, you know, his answer to the crisis, to the sacrilege that was unfolding, jokes! <laughs> Why not? He starts joking with the folks rather than, once again, doing what he should have done and certainly what Jesus did. But, of course, that didn't happen. In fact, Cardinal Timothy Dolan, he went on a podcast and he said, Bravo to our cathedral people for doing the right thing. Here's Cardinal Dolan. Our, I think our cathedral acted extraordinarily well. They, um, they, first of all, you know, they get a call. They didn't know the background of this woman who had died. All they know is somebody called and said, our dear friend uh, died. Uh, we'd love to have the funeral of St. Patrick's Cathedral. It would be a great source of consolation. She's a Catholic. All right, stop the tape, stop the tape, stop the tape, stop the tape. Eminence, eminence. <laughs> a woman? She? Her? Uh, uh, to, to, to quote Aerosmith, Dude looks like a lady. Only looks like a lady. You know this, right, Eminence? 
So anyway, I think our cathedral did well. We have a lot of uh, a lot of misunderstanding. Why in the world are people out there still believe what the secular press reports is beyond me? He says these these, these mourners, these poor mourners, they just wanted to have a funeral in St. Patrick's Cathedral. What are we going to do? Deny it? We're pastoral. We're the church of accompaniment. <laughs> Come on, stop it. If, if those people or any other people had wanted a traditional Latin requiem mass, would that have been okay, eminence? Some random trad Catholic. Yeah, Cardinal Dolan? Hi! My mom died yesterday, Cardinal Dolan. Is it okay for us to have a Latin requiem in the cathedral? It's absurd. You know? Or Cardinal Dolan have said, Bravo! Of course you're going to have a traditional Latin mass in the... Oh, bravo! No? So why is he saying bravo in this case? So our policy at the cathedral is to be as open and welcoming of right. anybody who wants to be uh, buried from here. And we had absolutely no idea. And bravo for our cathedral people. He's always bravoing everything. Remember when he bravoed Michael Sams? Michael Sam from your home state, the football player, uh, revealed that he was gay first in the NFL. And you saw the celebration from the president, the first lady, and sure. saying what a courageous step that was. How did you view it? Good for him. I would have no, no sense of judgment on him. God bless you. I don't think, uh, look, the same, the same Bible that tells us that, uh, that uh, teaches us well about the virtue of chastity and, and the virtue of fidelity in marriage also tells us not to judge people. So I would say bravo. And let's not forget the most famous bravo of all. Cardinal Dolan bravoing the Met Gala. In the Catholic imagination, the truth, goodness, and beauty of God is reflected all over the place, even in fashion. I was uh, raised, I was an altar boy, you know, Nomine Pace Sefilia Spirito Santo, so I know all about it. It's a really amazing theme because there's just so many things to there's great art, of course, in the history of the Catholic Church, and I'm looking forward to seeing the art that's been brought from the Vatican. And, of course, style and art has been a long part of the history of our, our religious traditions in our country, so it's going to be quite exciting. Well, aristocracy and religion are what funded and supported uh, the arts within music and the fashion and the architecture for centuries part of the development of our culture. When you're, when you're, when you're performing as an altar boy and ringing the bells, and, and my parents would come see me, and like, I'm doing 6.30 a.m. mass, so like, they came, and then, so it's like, uh, it's almost like a show, it's very theatrical, so that's what the theme is, and I, I can't wait to, uh, well, it's obvious how. We covered that at the time. What the heck is that? What was that? A Catholic-themed Met Gala. Cardinal <laughs> Dolan shows up with Jimmy Martin yucking it up with George Clooney. And now, and now we're supposed to take it on his word when he says he's just outraged by the transgendered funeral that took place in his own cathedral last. And it's our fault for believing the media report. Hey, don't believe your own eyes. What are you going to believe, me or your own eyes? This great whore, Saint Cecilia, mother of all whores. You know what I think, what probably most of you think, they got caught, right? This was going to be a big deal. Woohoo! Some of the big time hot celebrities from New York are going to be there. They got caught. And that's the problem. Because I got to tell you something. 
with Remnant Tours, which I've been doing for, what, 32 years now, I've taken tour groups, big tour groups, all over the world, and I've arranged masses in the most, some of the most prestigious cathedrals in Europe. And I can tell you this, these things do not happen by accident. It is not easy to get into a prominent cathedral. You need permission in advance, weeks, months in advance. You have to coordinate with sacristans when you arrive to get everybody in the right pews and, the, and every, all the celebrants in the right place and the, and the, and the coffin in the right, everything else. I'm, can you imagine? Got to coordinate, this is a funeral, much more difficult than anything that we ever did. But then they're over and above that, even for a tour group, like with Remnant Tours, you got security issues, you got logistical considerations for the large group. You know what I mean? They knew what this was. They had to know, friends. We didn't, we didn't know the background. Uh, we don't do FBI checks on people right. who, who want to be buried. No, I don't think so. I mean, with all due respect to his eminence, I mean, we don't need to do FBI background checks. Uh, you know, someone you don't know comes to you, either as a priest, comes to your parish or your cathedral and asks to have a funeral for a loved one. Um, if you don't know this person, you, a, a pastor, a priest is going to say, okay, well, first, tell me who you are. Let, let me get to know you. And if they didn't know for some reason, then the incompetence there is terrifying and every single one of them needs to be fired. You know, because what are we talking about here? We're talking about a national monument, priceless treasures inside. We're talking about illegal immigrants now in New York coming up from the South, <clears throat> all over New York City, beating up cops, smashing stuff, vandalizing buildings, threatening terrorism, right? That's the, that's the climate up there. And more to the point, we're talking about the real presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in that cathedral, in our cathedral. And these, I'm sorry, these incompetent people let a mob just waltz in there and take it over? Oopsie daisy. <laughs> we didn't know they were going to do all that sacrilege. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? You should have known. And you're kind of taking it out on us for believing the media and what really happened. And now you're so, you're so outraged that you're talking about having a massive reparation. A massive reparation? Are you teasing me? St. Patrick's Cathedral needs to be reconsecrated. You know, and then it just, the hits just keep coming, you know? Two days later, another prominent American cardinal, Cardinal Robert McElroy of San Diego, informs the world that the reason the American Catholics are pushing back against fiducia supplicants Blessing gay couples is because of what he calls an enduring animus among far too many toward LGBT persons. Don't you know, says the sanctimonious cardinal, who's playing the part of Sherlock Holmes now, sleuthing out what's really going on. Judge much, Cardinal McElroy? And I'd like to ask his eminence. Tell me, eminence, do you, do the, do you think that the Nigerian bishops also have a an enduring animus for LGBT persons? Is that their problem? Or are you afraid to say that kind of thing to the Africans because you might out yourself as a racist? Because it's pretty conspicuous that you're not talking about them. That's entire bishops' conference conferences in Africa going after this document now. Why aren't you taking them to task, eminence? Is it because they're black? Is that it? Because Archbishop Lucius Ugorji, president of the Bishops' Conference of Nigeria, he just released an official statement from all the bishops in Nigeria in the 2024 meeting, in which he says, and we'll throw this up on the screen, declarations from the Holy See 
I'll read this nice and slowly so everybody can hear what the what His Excellency is is trying to say, and of what of course Cardinal McElroy will dismiss as an animus against LGBT people. He says, declarations from the Holy See should encourage unity and communion on questions of theology, morality, and liturgy. But fiducia supplicans accomplished the opposite, causing the declaration to harm the church's unity and Catholicity. He goes on to say that fiducia supplicans sparked shock, outrage, and disbelief among the faithful in Nigeria, as well as elsewhere in Africa and around the world. God bless you and thank you, Your Excellency. Did you hear that, Cardinal McElroy? Why are you defending a declaration that has divided the church so completely like this one? Unprecedented division. While you all babble away about people going to Latin Mass, well, that's just unifying. That's just not going to unify the church. Because that whole argument against the Latin Mass, you know what it is? It's fake and gay. You don't mean it. It's just an attack on the liturgical traditional patrimony of the church. We know that. But what about it, Cardinal McElroy? Are the, are the Nigerian bishops a bunch of haters and homophobes too? Friends, you see where I'm, you see where I'm going here? This, we cannot let them get away with this anymore. Because what this is, is exactly what Cardinal Muller said it is. He said he called it a hostile takeover of the Catholic Church. This is synodality in action. This is a hostile takeover of the Catholic Church. They want the Church out of the way so that their globalist friends can lock us all down for good next time. Because you know what? They were so close to being successful at that the last time around. I want to say to all of the Catholics in San Diego and Imperial Counties, that there is only one real pathway for us as a society out of the pandemic, and that is through the embracing of vaccinations by the whole of our community. And so I encourage you to get vaccinated. It is safe, it is effective, it is wholly in keeping with Catholic teaching. Now, imagine that, Catholic bishops shilling for Anthony Fauci and the, N and the NIH. YouTube warning? Gotcha, YouTube folks. I'm sorry, you're going to have to go over to remnant-tv.com to finish this because the snowflakes at YouTube simply can't handle what I'm about to say next. Thank you. To what these guys are doing. Catholic bishops, shepherds, princes of, of the church, successors of the apostles, shilling for Anthony Fauci and the NIH. Guys who are doing this and have been doing this for years. This photo from an experiment published by Pitt scientists in 2020 shows the scalps of five-month-old aborted babies grafted onto the backs of lab rats, growing the aborted baby's hair on the rodents. The Pittsburgh scientists describe these aborted baby scalps as full-thickness human fetal skin cut from the heads and backs of the babies, then processed via removal of excess fat underneath the baby skin before stitching it onto the rats. How was this paid for? With a nearly half a million dollar research grant from Dr. Anthony Fauci's NIAID office at the NIH. But don't forget now, aside from McElroy telling everyone they must be vaccinated as it's the only way out. Aside from that lie, Pope Francis had these guys, these monsters, 
speak at the Vatican. Well, the Vatican is hosting an international conference on the relationship between faith and science. A three-day online event will include speeches by Pope Francis and Dr. Anthony Fauci. So when people say to us, you got to calm down, man. I mean, this is the Pope. You got to be, you got to be more respectful, man. I, I don't know what to say to that anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're partnering with people who are slaughtering babies, locking people down, injecting people all over the world, right? People dying. And the only thing they seem to care about is crushing faithful Catholics. Chicago's Cardinal Blaise Supich just reminded the world again this week in the <laughs> the aftermath of the sacrilege in New York, a blasphemy in New York, he reminds, reminds everybody that Pope Francis and he have concluded the traditional Latin Mass now that impoverishes the church because we need to have the liturgical reform which has, which has been so great for the church, so says Cardinal Supich. Now he evidently came up with this. <laughs> Poor Supich. He evidently came up with this, not all on his own. He went over there and Francis told him what to say. But he did it in a little, a little editorial that, of course, uh, nobody read. And Walter will throw it up on, on the screen so you can, you can track it down yourself and read it. Poor guy. He actually went out on Twitter and he asked his followers uh, to read the article. I'm pretty proud of it. And as you can see by the numbers at Twitter, X, only a tiny handful bothered to read it. And most of the comments blasted him. I encourage you to read them. They're, they're, they're unbelievable, you know, and kind of as you'd expect from something like this in the middle of all this. Wait a minute. Wow, Chicago, huh? What are they doing? They're going after the Latin mass people still? What's wrong with these? Jane of Jane the Actuary over Twitter, she writes, this, talk, referring again to Cardinal Supich's little cute little editorial, she says, it's a word salad without any real meaning. Do you solicit honest feedback on your columns before they are published? Eminence? That's the way it seems, doesn't it? It's like, you know, like my kids in sixth grade, you got to kind of go over some of the stuff he writes to make sure it's good. This is how stupid strikes me, like a sixth grader. I mean that in all, in all respect, too. But what, what Jane the Actuary said there kind of sums it all up. It's a word salad. It's a word salad. What are you doing? Could you be any more irrelevant if you tried? But because there's no, it's not a laughing matter, because there, since there is no relevant moral authority in the city of Chicago now, Chaos rules the day. It was another deadly weekend in Chicago. At least 14 people were shot and three people were killed by gun violence in that city. More than 70 people have been murdered in Chicago already this year. Chaos on the streets, of course, everybody's used to that in Chicago. I don't like to stop when I drive through there, make sure I got a full tank of gas before I get into the Windy City. <laughs> and then try not to slow down and just get through so you don't get shot. Uh, so the Catholic Church is obviously having a huge moral impact on Chicago right now. But then liturgically, what, it, what, you, what you have in Chicago is also chaos. When given the choice to sit out or dance, will you dance? <laughs> what? So let's take this opportunity once again and time after time to offer our prayers to God. If you lost, you can look, you will find me. Time after time. If you fall, I will catch you. I'll be waiting. The real big time. Time after time. If you fall, I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting. Celebrate good times. Come on. Okay, so this is, I mean. 
this is Cardinal Supich's diocese, but you know what? You know what I had to say when I watched this? I think we need to ban the Latin Mass. But again, this, this is okay in Chicago, but the traditional Latin Mass impoverishes the church, according to the guy, by the way, who kicked off his career in Chicago by handing out awards to the most powerful sex abuser in the Catholic Church. You really can't make this stuff up. The recognition of Cardinal McCarrick for his tireless effort in helping the church. At Manhattan's Metropolitan Club, Archbishop and newly elected Cardinal Blaise Supich presents Cardinal McCarrick with the Spirit of Francis Award. He says the honor by Catholic Extension is given to those who mirror the organization's mission. We do it in a way that uh, wants to draw attention to uh, the work of the church that goes to the periphery, to goes to the margins of society and in the church. Uh, Cardinal McCarrick has been an individual who's done that his whole life, who's done that his whole life, his whole life. The worrisome thing about this is, um, let's put this bluntly, everyone knew about mm -hmm. Cardinal McCarrick. <laughs> no, I, was, I was in Rome covering the sex summit a couple of years ago when CNN's Delia Gallagher asked Cardinal Supich, what I consider to be the million dollar question uh, of, of the entire sex scandal, but certainly of that sex <laughs> summit at the, uh, at the Vatican. This was a scene today in the Vatican press office. To, to, to have the Delia Gallagher to from CNN, Cardinal O'Malley, Cardinal Supich. In 2002, the U.S. Cardinals, your brother Cardinals, were over here under John Paul II. I was here, many of the people in this room were here, and the American people were watching on television. And at that time, the reassuring face of this crisis, that crisis and the continuing crisis, was Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. On Saturday, dismissed from the priesthood and was an abuser himself. Talking about zero tolerance, talking about cover-up would never happen again in the United States. How do you, amongst yourselves, cardinals, how are you holding each other accountable outside of the norms now? And how do you ensure the American people that what happened with their, your brother cardinals in 2002 is now going to change? In other words, that they can believe what you're now saying. Thank you. It was, just a, it was just a dumpster fire. It was an embarrassment. And I could see it. I talked to CNN's Delia Gallagher right after that press conference. And, and I could see it written all over her face, too. This is embarrassing. No wonder Cardinal Supich lost his red hat today at the press conference. <laughs> the thing suddenly just disappeared. It was there one moment. It was gone the next. And it struck me that that's a fairly good analogy for this whole thing. Maybe some of these men should think about stepping down if this is the best that they can do. Now, in the very same week that word came down on this abomination of desolation standing in the holy place in New York City, <laughs> incredibly, the Bishop of Austin, Texas, comes out and announces that he's going to cancel the thriving Latin mass community in his cathedral. Why? God knows. Who knows? But evidently under pressure from Rome, from the Vatican, his Excellency announced that as of March 19th, five to 600 people, so many families with little kids, right? Five to 600 of them went to Mass every week here at the Cathedral Latin Mass. They're going to be cast out of their spiritual home, the home that they've occupied for a long time, even back to 1988 when they first got started. 
Does anybody out there, whether you're Catholic or not, does anyone understand why this is happening? Does anybody think this is a good idea? When you see the kinds of scandals that we're all subjected to, it's a, it's a miracle, it's an act of God that there's anybody left in the Catholic Church, right? And Peter Kwasniewski rightly notes about this case in Texas. He says, an enemy hath done this, wolves in sheep's clothing, monsters in clerical attire, savages in black suits, driving the people of God to despair. I said that last week, these are monsters now. They're not just modernists, they're monsters. It's like we're reading right now, we're living through the Elizabethan period of persecution of Catholics, you know, where good priests like Edmund Campion were being killed and wiped out and rounded up. Feels the same, doesn't it? They're just shutting down masses all over the place, just like they did then. But these guys, I guess, are too ignorant of history to realize how much to a T they fit the description of the bad guys 500 years ago. They're doing the exact same thing. So there's a 2018 Pew survey of Catholics, and I'll put that link down below. A Pew survey of Catholics from 20 different states, and it supports kind of why, it gives us some idea of why they're doing this. So this Pew study found that 90% now of Catholics who attend the new Mass approve of contraception. Did you hear that? 90% approve contraception. Again, check the link below and read the details for how this Pew survey was conducted. Only 2%, supposedly, that seems high to me, supposedly, according to Pew, 2% approve contraception in the Latin Mass communities. 51% of Catholics who attend the new Mass approve abortion versus less than 1% at the Latin Mass. 67% of Novus Ordo Catholics approve of gay marriage. Less than 2% of Latin Mass Catholics approve of gay marriage. And yet the Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago one of the largest archdioceses in the country. He says that without this liturgical reform, there is no reform in the church. I'm sorry, eminence, but just what the hell do you actually mean by reform? Because this doesn't look like reform to anyone. Your churches are all closing. I've driven through your town. There are, half the churches are locked up. They're being sold off. Does this reform? Or is this reform like as in the Protestant Reformation, like that was a reform, actually a, re a, re a revolt, a revolution that's destroying the church. And yet people like Supich and Francis and McElroy doggedly continue. What does that tell you? That they're trying to destroy the Catholic Church forever. And the question is, what are we going to do about it? We're going to pray for the conversion of Supich and Francis and McElroy? Sure, okay, good, fine with me. I do every night, but then what are we going to do? And what about all the kids that are not getting any truth at all, that aren't even learning how to pray the rosary, that know nothing about the Bible or Catholic teaching or the precepts of the church or the sacraments, nothing. What about them? What about all the lost souls in the meantime? Well, obviously the, the obligation, according to the teaching on the social teaching, especially on Catholic action, it goes down the line to us. We have an obligation as Catholics, as confirmed Catholics. We have got to fight. That's the purpose and point of this show. I mentioned Pope Leo XIII at the top of this show. In his encyclical, Sapientiae Christiane, he actually gave us, he gives us his, the marching orders for what to do. And he admonishes us if we don't. He says, to recoil before an enemy or to keep silence when from all sides such clamors are raised against truth 
This is part of a man either devoid of character or who entertains doubt as to the truth of what he professes to believe. Such mode of behaving, says Leo XIII, is base and insulting to God and incompatible with the salvation of mankind. This kind of conduct, says Leo XIII, is profitable only to the enemies of the faith, for nothing emboldens the wicked so greatly as the lack of courage on the part of the good. End quote. He's telling us to go to war. He's not saying, just pray and obey and see what happens, is he? But it's not just the popes who ordered us to fight. Each one is under obligation to show forth his faith, his faith, writes St. Thomas Aquinas in the Summa, either to instruct and encourage others of the faithful, or, says the angelic doctor now, to repel the attacks of unbelievers. We have an obligation to repel the attacks of unbelievers. And the faith that we're keeping that faith that matters more than anything else, according to the teachings of our church, the faith must come first. That faith that we're trying to defend in the face of hireling shepherds, that is the faith that built Christendom. That is the faith the Bible tells us can move mountains. That is the faith that brought down the mighty pagan Roman Empire. It is the faith that will also bring down the new world order, if we hold on to it. It is the faith that Jesus Christ himself asked if he would find when he returns. That was his main concern. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? Well, well, Cardinal Supich, well, Cardinal McElroy, will he? When you guys get done burning down the church, will he? Who's gonna save the church? It's not our bishops, it's not our priests, and it is not the religious. It is up to you, the people, the laity. And to fulfill that sacred duty before God that Sheen lays out for us, we are called, as lay Catholics, we are called by God to resist priests, to resist bishops, and even to resist popes to their faces. <laughs>